All right, Psalm 28. And the title is Rejoicing and Answered Prayer. A Psalm of David. To you I will cry, O Lord, my rock. Do not be silent to me, lest if you are silent to me, I become like those who go down to the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry to you, when I lift up my hands toward your holy sanctuary. Do not take me away with the wicked and with the workers of, workers of iniquity who speak peace to their neighbors, but evil is in their hearts. Give them according to their deeds and according to their wickedness of their endeavors. Give them according to the work of their hands. Render to them what they deserve. And David sounded kind of vindictive, didn't he? Just pouring it out, just pouring out his heart, just pouring out his heart. Render to them what they deserve because they do not regard the works of the Lord nor the operation of his hands. He, he shall destroy them and not build them up. Blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices, and with my song I will praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving refuge of his anointed. Save your people, and bless your inheritance. Shepherd them also, and bear them up forever. Amen? Let's go ahead and stand this morning. Father, we thank you for your grace. God, we thank you that you are our help, Lord God. We thank you that we can bring... bring everything to you in prayer and supplication, Lord God, and that you answer. Father, we thank you for answered prayer this morning. We praise you and give you glory and the honor. We're going to sing praises to you because of it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So here's what I just feel led to do right now is they're going to keep playing, but I feel like there's some, just feel like there's some heaviness in here and there's some folks that need prayer. So if that's you, if you find that if that if you find that that's you and you need prayer for whatever it is you're struggling with, whatever you're going through, do you just raise your hand really quickly around you? Just raise it up high. Swallow the pride. Swallow the pride. Okay. See these hands, the folks around them. Would you just gather around them and just just pray for them right where they're at? Look for somebody that you can pray for. There's three over here. Anybody else? Just gather around them and let's just pray over them and let's lift them up. We don't have to necessarily know what it is, but let's just stay in an attitude of worship while we do this. The worship team's going to continue to lead us and pray for them. So. Amen. Victory, joy, love, peace. It's all wrapped in Jesus, isn't it? Thank you, Jesus, for your joy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the victory. Thank you for the victory. We can praise you for the victory. Thank you, Lord God, that we have victory. We have victory over our circumstances. We have victory over the things in our lives that try to hold us back. We have victory. Thank you, Lord God. We give you glory and honor and praise. We thank you, Father God, that we can have joy joy unspeakable. 
Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So good morning. My name is uh, John Neitzel. I'm a guest minister here today. I have... Uh, I was actually here last week, and it was great because I just told everybody, I'm not doing anything. You guys just run it, and they did, and God did what He was going to do, and praise the Lord. It's good to have... You know, it's good to have depth. It's good to have depth in the Spirit. It's not, it's not just about a personality. It's not about one person running the show. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about the whole kingdom of God. Whole kingdom of God. Say the whole kingdom of God. All are priests and kings. Amen? Amen. Each one of us. Each one of you are priests and kings. We're supposed to act like it. We're supposed to be, we have a, a word in due season. Turn with me to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. This uh, set of verses has been rolling around in my spirit all week and we'll see where we see where we end up here. I haven't preached in three weeks, so it may be a 45 minute or it could be an hour and 45 or three hours. And I don't know how it's going to go here, but We'll get you out of here in time. Isaiah chapter 61, beginning with verse 1. says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and tend your flocks. Foreigners shall be your plowmen and vine dressers. But you shall be called the priests of the Lord. They shall speak of you as the ministers of our God. You shall eat the wealth of the nations, and in your glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy." For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrong. I will faithfully give them their recompense, and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their offspring shall be known among the nations and their descendants in the midst of the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are offspring. They are an offspring, the Lord has blessed. Praise God. That's good stuff right there. That'll get you going on a early Sunday morning. That'll take whatever's been going on in your life and putting it in perspective right there. 
number of years ago. Remember, how many of you ever went to the, uh, at, I think it was at the Science Museum, was the uh, uh, Dead Sea Scroll uh, uh, exhibit? I mean, how many of you saw that? Raise your hand. Wow, just a few, only a few. You saw it in Israel? Oh, I saw it in Israel, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever, Diane, whatever. <laughs> Always got a one-up, don't you? <laughs> uh, I love you guys, you're awesome. But I saw them too, it's the same ones, but different. Um, but you go into this room, and so we went to the Dead Sea, the Dead sea Scroll uh, exhibit, and you walk in, and it's got all the, the museum stuff. It has pictures of the area. It has, you know, the sand of the area. I mean, it has all this stuff. And I, I was walking through, and the whole time I was walking through, I was kind of disappointed. I was like, eh, you know, eh, what's the, you know, what's the big deal? You know, and, and we walk through, and they have you have to have the headphones on, and it's telling you about all the archaeological find and all the people and blah blah blah. And it was okay. It was interesting. It's history. It's 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 information. It's it's just it's information. And I was I actually was walking around. And I was going, this is this is it. This is what we're gonna you know, give me a break. Then you walk into this room after you've walked all the way through that exhibit. You walk through a room, and it's dark. You know, the way they set it up, it was dark. And there, they had little tiny pieces of the scroll. Little little fragments. So then I was really disappointed. I mean, I wanted to see one that they had actually rolled out, you know, and you see the whole... They don't let those out of Israel, apparently. Okay, they don't... <laughs> they don't trust the rest of us to see it. You've seen the big one in Israel? Oh, whatever. Yeah, just, yeah, whatever. Okay. Okay, that's it. Are we going there? Is it on the tour? Yes. And our tour is going to be better than whatever tour you went on. Get that on the tour, right? I, I want to... <laughs> but you walk in, and, and I'm looking at these fragments, and I'm a little... Ugh. You know, whatever. And then they, I'm looking at one. Well, obviously I can't read it. It's written in whatever, Aramaic, or what, what's it written in? It's finally stumped you. Good. Fine. Mary, what's it written in? Aramaic. Aramaic. Well, there he is. So it's, that's what they told you anyway. Yeah. So it's written in there. I couldn't read it, obviously, so, but I'm looking at it. And then above it was a screen, and it had the translation of what it was, and it was that verse. Now, I'm sure it wasn't the one Jesus was reading from. But when I read that, I was like, wow. Price of admission right there. It was those verses. Powerful words. And, it was, and it's not just words. It's not just a text. It's not just a parchment. It's not just a piece of paper. It's not just... Uh, you know, computer code on a screen. It's the living Word of God. And how much more powerful when the living Word of God, Jesus, spoke them. Go to uh, uh, Luke. Luke chapter 4. This is the, the account of when Jesus 
read these verses in his hometown, Nazareth, Luke chapter 4, Luke chapter 4, beginning with verse 16, says, And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on a Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now he read those scriptures, and it goes on to say that he said, these are fulfilled in your midst today. These words... These words which had only, you know, had been on paper, but they had been given by the Holy Spirit. They had been given to Isaiah. Isaiah wrote them down. They had been passed down uh, year after year. And he read them, and all of a sudden, they're even more living. I mean, Scripture is living and active and, and you know, sharper than any two-edged sword. And, and the Scripture works in your life. But how much more to sit in the room and listen to Jesus read those words? and saying, those are being fulfilled right now. But there's actually something even more powerful. There's something even more powerful. Because he didn't just come to read those words. He didn't just come to say, here I am. I'm here for you guys. I'm here to... I'm here to, to set the captives free. I'm here to, to, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. I'm here to, 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 uh, to you know, open blind eyes and, and deaf ears and, and lame legs. He's going to do that. He's about to do this. This is the beginning of his ministry. He's about to do that. But that wasn't the only reason they were written. It wasn't the only reason that he did it, that he came. He did it so that you could read those words. He did all of this so that you could fulfill these words. It wasn't just Isaiah. It wasn't just Jesus. But He came to show us, to show human beings, that there was more to this life than day-to-day grind. Amen. There's more than what you see. Because the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. You know, when it talks about anointing, what is that anointing? What is he, you know, what's Isaiah referencing? What's Jesus referencing? What's the Holy Spirit referencing? That, you know, back in the, the uh, Old Testament days, they anointed things. They anointed every morning. You would actually get up and you would anoint yourself. You would you would take oil because they lived in a desert and their skin dries out, and they they would take oil and they would rub oil all over themselves to keep their skin from from getting dry and cracked. They would anoint themselves. It talks about anointing yourself with gladness. You know, the Psalms talk about that. 
when they would be mourning, when they would be uh, 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 lamenting, when they would be you know, sackcloth and ashes, they wouldn't put on oil. That's why it's, and Jesus said, when you, when you pray, don't you know, anoint yourself. Don't, don't walk around all solemn and pray like the Pharisees do, because they do it for show. But look like you're happy. Look like you're full of life. Anoint yourself. Put oil on. That anointing, that putting on of oil is symbolic, was symbolic all the way from the Old Testament all the way up until Jesus as the Holy Spirit coming on you. It was a refreshing, it was a, it was a, a softening, it was a, it was a covering to keep you whole, to, for everything to be whole, for everything to work, everything to, to, to keep uh, alive and keep moving. You anointed yourself with oil. When, when a priest became a priest, they would take oil and they would pour it on him. You know, we see that verse about uh, Aaron, how Aaron, how the oil was poured out on Aaron and it poured out and it ran down his beard. I mean, it was a, you know, it was a mess. But it was a beautiful mess. It was a cool mess. They would take that oil and they'd pour it on your head and then your hair would get wet, your, your oily, your face would get oily. And, and then, well, how do you get rid of it? Okay, well, how do you get it off of you? Well, you don't just, get, you don't just take a towel. You, just, you rub it in. They would get saturated by that oil. But when Jesus read those verses, He wasn't talking about WD-40. He wasn't talking about Crisco. He wasn't talking about even olive oil. He was talking about the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because how could he read those and have those words be so real? Because he read them after his baptism. When was he anointed? He was anointed, he was baptized, and the Holy Spirit anointed him. That's the same Holy Spirit that anoints you. That's the same Holy Spirit that anoints you. Has anointed you. That's why you can read those words. I mean, how many of you, and I, I, I'll just be, I'll, I'm one of them, for years, I, 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 like, you know, I'd read those scriptures in Jesus' tense. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus said. But, but to think, to, to say it, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Sounds really prideful, I used to think. So, you know, it seems like, how could I say the Spirit of the Lord is upon me? I, I know what I did yesterday. I know, I, know the, I know the thought I had yesterday. I know the, the attitude I had yesterday. I know, I know, and it's all yesterday. I did, today's perfect so far. Okay, so, but yesterday. But then to stand up, in that moment of need, and say, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to preach the good news, to set the captives free, to set at liberty those who are bound, to declare the acceptable day of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Seemed, seemed really... But it's the truth. Until you can say that and go, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
Now, when we prayed for each other, I was just, you know, when you, when uh, Pastor John got up and, and shared that, you know, we're supposed to pray for one another, anybody in need, anybody, any, anyone downhearted, anyone suffering, you know, anybody going through something, hey, let's pray for them. What gave you the right to go pray for them? That verse. It has nothing to do with you. I was just talking to somebody recently, and they prayed for somebody, and the person was healed right there in front of them. And the, and the person goes, Wow, you know, it, it, it's working. Their hand had been cut and the tendons and stuff. And so their hand had been, was swelled up and it wouldn't move. And, they, and he said that he prayed for him and the guy started moving his finger and he could move it again. Hadn't moved it in a long time. And the guy's going, thank you, thank you. And he, and he said something that was just, you know, you, I get it. He says, uh, it's not me, it's Jesus. And he did it in the non-prideful way. You know, the non, you know, oh, no, 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 it's Jesus. No, he really meant it. He's like, no, really, it's Jesus that did that. I didn't do nothing. It isn't, it isn't me who led somebody to the Lord. It's not me who prayed for the sick. It's not, and then they were recovered. It's not me who, who prophesied. It's not me who's up here preaching. It's not me who does any of the stuff that I do. It's not, it's not you who does anything because you think if it's you, I can't do it because I don't deserve to do it. I don't deserve to stand up here. Except, He decided to anoint me. Fill me with His Holy Spirit. And give me a plan and a purpose that I'm supposed to walk out. And all I have to do is walk it out and give Him glory. Why does any of this stuff work? It's because He has anointed me. The moment you ever start thinking it's you, The moment you ever think that it has to be about you, the, only, the, the moment you don't do it because you thinking you, you know, if it doesn't work, it's going to be look bad on you. Right? That's that's the reason why. Well, if I, what if I witness to somebody and I don't know all the answers to their questions? What are they going to think about me? <laughs> Who cares? what they think about you. Just say what God tells you to say. Early on, early, early on, I was on a mission trip to Jamaica and I was on the beach, everybody was swimming and a Rastafarian walked up to me. Anybody know what a Rastafarian is? Yaman. Irie. And he was selling trinkets, you know, he was selling necklaces and stuff and I just said, not interested. And he kept trying to sell me something. I said, I got something for you. And uh, he said, what's that? And I said, I've got the good news that Jesus loves you. Now, if you know anything about Rastafarians, his answer to me was, oh, I am Jesus. And I went, oh, no, you're not. He goes, oh, I, I, Jesus, you know, and he, they go through this line of Judah. They, they just start. He just started rattling. So I mean, you know, I, I, we get into this spiral of, you know, I've got the words that I'm going to say, and I, all of a sudden I lose any ability because everything I'm saying, he spins it that he's God and he's Jesus and everything's good, and we're all now buy my trinkets, you know, you goofy American, stop talking to me and show me the money. <laughs> 
And I got nothing. I, I, everything I would say to him would get spun and I couldn't say anything. And all of us, all of a sudden, in the spirit, in the, I heard the Holy Spirit said, say this to him. And I said, stop. I said, hang on a second. I said, God just told me that you have an emptiness inside of you. You've been trying to fill for years. And you've looked for everything. Rastafarianism, dope, women, life. You know, you've tried to fill it with everything. And God is telling you, you're never going to fill it without Jesus Christ. The real Jesus Christ. And he immediately just went, you could just see everything go limp. Why? Because God anointed me to say those words. I didn't know what to say. I had lost track of what to say. I was so mixed up in my head. And he sat there and he listened to me present the gospel. The true gospel. The love of God. You don't have to have all the right words. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have all the feelings. The warm fuzzies, the you know, the, the goosebumps. You don't have it has nothing to do with any stuff. It has everything to do with he has anointed me to preach the good news. And then when that opportunity arises, it's not you. You don't get any glory for it. I mean, you get to have the glory of watching God work through you. That's glory enough. That's awesome. And whatever they do with it is up to them. You just do your part. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me to declare. Go back to the first part of that; those verses. I don't know which number it was, Ricky. But the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 16. I was thinking it was 16, but I wasn't not positive. Ricky. Somebody nudge Ricky. There we go. Good, good. <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and a recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. That's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. That's what this is all about. This isn't about a social gathering of like-minded people who want to seek God. We're far beyond that. We're so far beyond that, it's not, that's not even recognizable anymore. This is about every one of us recognizing that He was talking to you when He said that that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you because He has anointed you to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent you to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Who are those that are oppressed? You'll probably meet some this afternoon. I can almost guarantee you will meet some of them this afternoon. This morning already, we've prayed for people who are being oppressed. What is that? What is that, you know, I can't make it through another day feeling? That's the, that's the being oppressed of the devil. That's all it is. doesn't mean he has more power than God. It just means we live in a world where you're constantly under attack and this, Satan hates you and he's trying to take you out. Don't let him. And if you ever get to that point, 
call somebody up, go find them, say, hey, I'm going to take you out for coffee. I need help. Find somebody who has been anointed. Amen. <laughs> have them pray for you. I do that all the time. I have, I, you know, I meet with guys and I, I say, hey, just going on, this is what's going on in my life. I need to, can you pray for me? Yeah, I'd love to pray for you. Why? Because we need one another. But there's a whole world out there who has nothing. They've got nothing. Anything you give, anything you say, anything you, you do in their life is going to take them a huge step further closer to God than where they're at right now. And you just watch what He does. We give all kinds of opportunities. I just wanted to give you some updates on what's been going on. First one, just real quick, is on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, uh, we're going to be down at the Washington County Fair. Now you might think, well, what's the big deal about the Washington County Fair? So what's going on? But I'm going to hand this around. Most of you know what's going on about this. I'm going to, I know we sent it from that way, this way, the last time. We're going to send it this way. I'm going to send that around. If you can sign up. What it is, we have a booth at the fair. We've had a booth down at the fair for over 20 years. Uh, it was actually there before I came. Uh, it was a little bit different. It was the, the kid, Pastor Karen and the kids ministry where we had uh, kids stuff going on during the fair. Um, then when I came, uh, as the associate pastor, I sat down there, actually manned the booth for the whole week. I just sat there for the, I just watched what was going on and I realized some things. Number one is there's really good food at the fair. I, I, when I was, uh, that was one of the things that was back when I calories did not matter. You know, I mean, just, you know, cheese curds and, and foot long hot dogs and gyros and all that greasy food. It's just awesome. But at that time, there was no place to eat that you had to do it walking. You had to stand up and walk. You had, you know, and you're dripping all over. I mean, it's the fair. I know everybody's walking around with dripped food on them and stuff. That's beautiful. But, you know, it was like there's no place, and it's hot out there. The very first time I helped set up the booth was the day it was like 150 or something in the in the shade. I mean, and I I was I got too hot and you know and so on. But it was like there's no shade. There's no place to just sit. And we said, hey, next year here's what we're gonna do. So we set up the booth. We put tables in there and chairs, fans. We gave out free water and we just people could come and just relax and sit with their family pastor karen put had a, a section and still does has a section with some some uh, kids uh, uh christian tv on you know uh, veggie tales and stuff like that so the kids can go sit and, and and be mesmerized for 20 minutes while the parents take a breath and catch up but on the table we put you know stuff about our church but then we also had a prayer box and then it was can we pray for you? Anything we can pray. And so we get those, we get prayer box, we get stuff, then people, you know, uh, they, they come to our prayer group, and our prayer group prays over them for a couple of weeks afterwards. Prays over every one of them. If you want to be a part of that, just the prayer part of it, that's awesome. Because we pray over those prayer things. And that's neat. People put in those prayer, and you get really goofy stuff too. You get the ones who believe, you know, I believe in Satan, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And that's awesome, because we pray for them too. They took a step by Krecky. They opened the door to the gospel. Okay, get them, Jesus. You know, the Holy Spirit touched their lives, you know. And it's like, awesome. I don't, I don't mind those at all. Pastor Karen, oh, you want, do you want these? Yes, I love those. Okay. Lay hands on them, Father you know get them so we pray that's that is wonderful and it's if that was all it was that'd be cool you know but they hear about but we've had over the last 20 years we've had people get saved there we've had we had a, a person one year who was suicidal 
who's going to kill themselves that night. And, and somebody prayed with them. And they're still alive today. They're, they're part of a church right now. I, I know who the person is. They got saved. They came here for a while. They moved out of state. Still, still seeking God. Praying for people would, would put a note in the thing and then come back 10 minutes later and go, you know, I, I put a note in there, but can you pray for me right now? Yes, because he's anointed us to preach the good news, to set captives free, to set, you know, and it's not hard. It's actually a lot of fun because other times you just, you're just serving people. You're cleaning up after them. They just come and have a nice place to sit. And the whole time you can be praying in the spirit. Bless them, Lord. Bless them. Bless everybody that's walking by. Bless the fair people. Bless the, you know, their livestock. Just bless them, Father. It's an opportunity to reach out and to touch people with the king, a tangible way to touch people with the kingdom of God. That doesn't take a, you know, a ton of knowledge. You don't have to memorize 500 scriptures before you do this. You just show up. If somebody this morning gets saved this morning, I guarantee you can go to the booth on Wednesday and be a blessing. Why? Because it's not you. It's not you. He has anointed you to preach the good news. Whatever form that takes. I remember the first time I ever shared my faith after, after rededicating my life and had been years of being stupid, and I went to work, and somebody said, hey, let's go out tonight. And I said, I can't. I'm not going to do that anymore. Why not? And I said, I got saved. And they said, what does that mean? I went, ah, ah, ah. And nobody had taught me how to share my faith. So I just, I just started where I was. Uh, I just rededicated my life to Jesus. What does that mean? Uh, <laughs> you know, you just kind of start talking and, you know. You don't have to be anything he's made you. We also have other out. We've got things going on all over the valley. We have the church down in Prescott. We've got the church in Prescott. You know, why do we have a church in Prescott? Because he has anointed us to preach the good news. And there are people in Prescott who need to hear the good news. And there are people in Prescott who are hearing the good news. Presence of God on Main Street. I just heard recently, who, who was, were you, must have been you telling me that, no, it was somebody else. They, they, were, uh, they were in town looking for the church, and they said, uh, um, they said, you know, there's supposed to be a church somewhere in, uh, downtown, and a total stranger goes, oh, that's engaged church. It's right down there over there. They're really neat people. You didn't hear about that, have you? I know, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, 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 I'll tell you who it was later. But, that story is more of a surprise or that they were neat people? I no, think. yeah, well, both. All right, so, uh, no, that, 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 that's, yeah, whatever. All right, so, St. Croix Falls. St. Croix Falls, we have a church there. Why do we have a church there? Because there's people in St. Croix Falls who need to hear the good news. We have a church in New Richmond now. Why? Because we, need, we help them, a church that already existed. We didn't start that church. Somebody else put 20 years of labor into that church, but they moved, moving on to the next thing. Okay, we're now picking that up. Why? Because He's anointed us to do this. Grandy. The next, Amory. We're praying about Amory. You know, why do we, why, why do we need to go into Amory? Because God said, go into Amory. Why us? Because He's anointed us. Every step we take, I realize we're, we are anointed to do this. This is fun. 
It's not because I'm something great. It's not because I'm something great, is it? No. No, I'm not asking her. But it's not because anybody's great. It's because, well, it's because he's great. Spirit of the Lord is upon us because he has anointed us to proclaim good news to the poor. I want everybody to stand up, please. You've heard it a number of times now. You see it up on the screen. This morning as I was getting ready, I was thinking, you know, just praying about how how this should flow. And one of the things that I saw in the Spirit was that we were all going to read this. And I thought that I started laughing because I was like, well, man, that takes me back to the congregational church. You know, we're reading responsibly, you know, not responsibly, responsively. (laughs) But read responsibly, please. Yes. But here's what I'm, we're going to, we're going to actually going to, going to read this out twice. The first time, just so you can get the words down so you don't have to, you know, you just practice the words. But then the second time, I want you to read it and I want it to, I want you to read it out loud boldly from your heart okay and then read it just like it says it and don't think well that's jesus talking no that's you talking it's the it's you talking by the holy spirit if you're born again you're full of the holy ghost you can read that and it's you and you can put this into action let's read that together the spirit of the lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. That's powerful. That's powerful. Don't have to raise your hand. Please don't raise your hand or acknowledge in any way. But how many of you, when you read that, you're kind of like, that's why you need to read it a few times. You need to keep reading it. You need to take down that verse, whatever, whatever uh, version you read in during the week. I want, you to, I want you to say that a number of times a day. Not that it's a mantra. Come on. Not that it's you know, some magic words. No, it's just truth. And when you speak truth with your mouth out loud, it's declaring who you are. That's, that's what we do when we speak the Word of God out loud. It declares who we are. That's what we're doing here. This time, we're going to read it, say it from your heart. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Amen. You may be seated. So this week, this week, look for the poor. Look for the captives. Look for the blind. Look for those who are oppressed. They're all around us. They're everywhere we go. I run into people all the time who are those things. And He's anointed you to preach the good news. You know, and it says there, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. You know, in our minds, we want to say, well, God sets them free. No, right there it says that He has anointed you for you to set them free. How do you set them free? By being wise and powerful and, you know, have all the... 
No, it's just telling him what God's already said. God loves you. He's not mad at you. He wants you to be right with him. He wants you to have a life that's worth living. He doesn't want you to be living in sin. He's given a different way to live. He's given you a different hope. He's given you an answer, and that answer is Jesus. All of Everything I just said is some of the most deeply theological stuff in the world, but it doesn't take you to be deeply th- theological. You already know that truth. All that stuff is true. If they ask you, where is that in Scripture? Well, then you've got to figure that out. You know, get, get there. We're, do the homework. Get there. But it isn't about being super, you know, deeply theological. It's just about, here's the truth. Somebody who's sick, you don't have to understand all there is to know about faith. You don't know all there is about faith. You don't have to know everything about healing. You don't have to know everything about all the scriptures. All you have to say is, you know, God says, you know, the Bible says that, G- that God has healed you and He wants you healed and whole. Can I pray for you? That's all. That was it. That was the whole script right there. And, they say, and then when they say, Sure, because I still have yet to have anyone ever say no when I've asked them, can I pray for you? Everyone has always said yes, even the hardest ones. Why? Because there's something in them that wants not to be sick anymore. They'll take whatever hope they can get. And I've said it to atheists, I've said it to agnostics, I've said it to, to, to uh, Muslims, I've said it to Jews, I've said it to everybody. Just I've not yet ever had anyone say Absolutely not. Now, I've heard some people have, but maybe I'm just better at it. I don't know, but that isn't the point. And then when you pray for somebody, it doesn't have to be deep and theological. Father, heal this man right now in Jesus' name. Heal him, whatever's wrong. Top of his head, bottom of his feet. In the name of Jesus. That's, that's it. It's that easy. And then Satan's going to go, well, what if he doesn't get healed? And all, all you have to say is, well, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. Set the captives free. All I have to do is what He told me to do, and this rest is up to Him. And watch what God does. Watch what God does. It's powerful. 